this is Asha Saxena. I'm the founder and CEO of Women Leaders in Data and AI. And today I have Himali Kumar, IT Director at AutoZone with me to really have this conversation around AI essentials. We all are talking about generative AI, uh, especially the open AI chat GPT platform and all the other applications that's popping up all around us. But really, what is AI? We are going to talk a little bit about how to demystify the basics and practical uses of machine learning in the real world. With that, let me introduce uh, Himali. Himali, welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and we'll jump right into this interesting topic? For sure. Hi, Asha. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm looking forward to the discussion. I am a data enthusiast and an engineer by training. I've been in the IT profession for almost 20 plus years. Right now, I'm working for AutoZone. AutoZone is a $16 billion auto parts retail industry. We are the, one of the top most in, the, in, this, in this industry. Uh, we are based out of Mex Memphis, Tennessee, and we are in the United States, Mexico, and Brazil at this point in time with 7,000 stores. And again, thank you for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to a discussion on AI. Yes, it is on everybody's mind right now. You know, uh, especially AutoZone being a uh, very customer-facing uh, organization, uh, we'll jump into, you know, the different angles because when you're thinking about AI, uh, AI was always developed or researched on in the lab. And uh, all the applications we actually used in AI was really not so much customer-facing until November last year when OpenAI came out with ChatGPT. Uh, it really had this easy to use, easy to converse uh, front, you know, I, I would say that really the uh, uh, interface to really interact with AI like never before. Uh, we had AI in, um, you know, we were interacting with AI in Siri and Alexa, but yes. we never really thought about it as AI, like how we think about ChatGPT now. And everybody's talking about generative AI. You know, I would say that, not a lot of people were investing in learning about AI as much as everybody's having the conversation. Do you feel that? Yes, absolutely. I think you cannot these days have a data discussion without talking about chat GPT. Um, not just data, it's in pretty much every boardroom being discussed, every executive committee being discussed. Uh, we are even in AutoZone, we are considering how do we step into this process and then um, really take advantage of this whole chat GPT generative AI movement. So it is it is um, game changing. It has put chat GPT in words of pretty much the entire global population. It's almost become synonymous to, I would say, food and coffee at this point in time. Right? Absolutely. You know, I remember, listen, I've been uh, in technology for 30 years and I remember building applications and we would be worried or get disappointed because our application would get shelved. Uh, and so the the big initiative was let's make sure that the customers are using it, people are adopting it. How do we educate our customer? How do we build this data culture? And now it's the opposite. The business users are coming and saying, how can we use generative AI? You know, it's completely like tables are changed. The tables are turned for the first time where business is bringing solutions which initially or, or back in the days was thought about too innovative or too revolutionary, right? Right. You know, and I, I have to say that 
a lot of times people don't even know, but they just put AI in a box. And so everybody is now thinking about chat GPT to be the AI. But really, if you think about artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence really encompasses multiple pieces, right? So, so it, the foundation is the data. You need good quality data. So the data is uh, important. So when you're building AI application, the data engineering or data accessibility or data um, uh, quality is important. But on top of that, it's you're feeding those, that data to the model and that model needs training. So you now need an infrastructure that where you have the training data set, you have the model sitting and you have you know, uh, the deployment of that model. And then comes the accuracy, how accurate my data, uh, my model is to be able to perform on the data I'm feeding. And so there's multiple pieces of this, uh, I would say the, the workflow of the AI model is starting from the data at the end is really the output it's producing is the high quality output is a accurate output. Uh, and we are kind of clubbing everything around data science, data engineering, um, analytics, uh, the models, the, you know, so everything is now going into this box of AI. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's spend a few, just a couple minutes on what really AI is, um, what are the different pieces of AI and jump really high level into the supervised, unsupervised, reinforced learning, what is it? Do you want to maybe jump right into that? Yes, absolutely. I always refer to, have you heard of that Gartner? I think this is, Gartner produced this um, descriptive, diagnostic, predictive, prescriptive. Yes. I think they, it, it's a long time ago, but I keep referring it because to me, um, that kind of defines us how we use data for, for either problem solving or really sometimes even impacting our revenue, right? The bottom line, the top line, all of those. So um, to me, the descriptive is the lowest portion of it. We're just describing the data. Reports is describing the data. Then you move into diagnostic, where you're looking at and kind of looking at the root cause analysis. What happened here? Why did I have fluctuation or suddenly increase in sales or suddenly decrease in hours? So we are looking at that diagnostic piece of it. So until now, we are still in the, I would say, still in the business intelligence, right? The reporting and then the, the diagnostic piece, we are still into the reporting realm. But when you start to go into that whole predictive and prescriptive, when you say predictive, okay, fine, there's something happened. I came to the root cause analysis, but how do I predict in the future that this can happen? So that starts to get into this whole realm of artificial intelligence. You're kind of trying to mimic human intelligence where this happened in the past if the same circumstances exist again this can happen in the future too and then you move into the prescriptive okay i could predict this is going to happen in the future but what actions can i take for it to either not happen or make it happen right so right. the last two the pre predictive and prescriptive really starts to fall into that whole artificial intelligence we are trying to have our machines mimic human intelligence. What do you think, Asha? Am I going the right yeah, direction? Yeah, no, you absolutely. I, listen, that's what artificial intelligence. When we try to make our machines intelligent, mm -hmm. and you know what I generally say is that when you think about artificial intelligence, kind of largely on three categories: the uh, artificial narrow intelligence, that's machine learning, when the machines are learning from the data you're feeding, it could be supervised or unsupervised or reinforced, but Artificial narrow intelligence is really where we've been uh, right now, or we are right now, in which uh, uh, you're now making the machine intelligent. So 
the the gap from our uh, ani to agi is really where we are kind of going back and forth and i think a lot of time people would say um the open ai chat gpt is it ani or is it agi and i think uh is it narrow or is it general and that's really where the the question comes in and and always you have to think about when you're thinking about the artificial narrow intelligence it's where the machines are learning from the data you're providing either it's supervised data that means that the data is labeled or it's a unsupervised data which means the data is learning from categorizing the data you know right. so learning from the data that you're feeding or reinforcement when how you're talking to the data but i think my concern himali is that where when and how we will go from uh, narrow intelligence to the general intelligence and then when we actually take the plunge into machines will aut- automatically becoming super intelligent mm-hmm. i think that is the journey we are not there right now and i think that's why it's important for people and the consumers to understand that we are still in the machine learning phase a lot of the organizations are just getting into the phase where they can learn feed the data to the machine so machine can actually learn from the data we feed and produce and give us the and solve the problems for us so that we are not doing the mundane jobs no i think I totally agree with you and it seems like if i were to even look into that whole ani versus agi um as we talked about supervised and then you have unsupervised and then reinforced so it's kind of there there's also this progression right supervised we have a lot more involvement of a data scientist or a data analyst because they are engaged into enabling the data breaking the data down between tra- training and test and then testing the training the model then testing the model how do i reduce um the false positives how do i increase my true positives how do i increase my accuracy so you're still very much into the process of very much involved in that process of model training but mm-hmm. then you go to unsupervised now you're letting machine decide what's my cluster of data we use that in um it's just a great example is estimated delivery time and i used to work for fedex right and then if i were to figure out um when can asha expect her package because she shipped it uh first priority or overnight overnight priority so some of the ways we were looking at was clustering the neighborhoods you know this right. is the neighborhood and this is where they have expected this is how long it has taken to get to the estimate to the delivery so we were predicting using unsupervised learning using cluster based knn like neighborhoods to find out what's the estimated delivery time would be i think ups uses uses it really really well these days fedex is getting there too but um that's a really good case of unsupervised learning there was one thing my one of the my boss used to call was segment of one so literally we can get to a segment of one using the using the reinforced learning so i do see that um if you start to think about that ani to agi there is a progression and reinforced learning is getting us closer to the agi piece right Himali I've always enjoyed talking to you I'm so glad we're talking about what we actually enjoy talking about anyway we do the work we enjoy this conversation thank yeah. you for being here on this show and joining me uh, uh for the listeners please visit cdomagazine.tech for any additional interviews there's uh, lots of great content and with that um we'll see you next time hopefully thank you always a pleasure Asha thank you